1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dan, have you ever been recruited to a secret government agency uh, to help them uh, back-engineer some uh, alien spacecraft?
0: You know what I did one time and it was pretty good but then uh you know what there was like a fire and I lost all the records so like I, you know sorry I, but uh, yeah there was one time when I did do that
1: nice trust me nice. did they give you <laughs> did they give you like top secret clearance like above top secret you might even say majestic clearance you know it was it was the tippy top of clearance it was it was
0: some beautiful clearance i mean it was there was so much clearance that there was a view it was that good
1: nice nice so dan i i I don't know if our listeners have figured it out yet i hope they have but we are doing a documentary part of documentary december um this week and it is about um bob lazar
0: bob lazar mike roll that funky intro (laughs) You are listening to the Beyond
2: Terrestrial Podcast, your one-stop shop for the outstanding, the unconventional, and the downright strange. Strap in because the boys are about to take a wild ride. I'm Funkmaster B, setting up that tee for the duo of gum foolery. Your hosts, Dan and Lee. I believe in aliens.
0: I mean, in an infinitely growing universe, why would we be the only living species?
2: Bigfoot, Nessie, all that stuff, it's got to be
1: real. How are we to say that we're the only ones? It's just ignorant. I think aliens are not only from other planets, but they're time travelers.
0: Welcome back to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your home for the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Dan Martson, recording just down from the crossroads where Robert Johnson made his infamous deal with the devil. As always, I am joined by my friend, my co-host... One of the founding fathers of Beyond Terrestrial, Mr.
1: Lee Errett. Lee. Hey guys, I'm coming to you as always from the Haunted Barn Studio. I am not with my mobile setup this time. Feels good to be at home. Um, Nice, cozy, um, dank, a little bit musty. But, you know, um, (laughs) good. I like it.
0: (laughs) But in a good way. That good kind of musty. Yeah,
1: I feel like I'm at home. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes oh yeah very nice very nice uh <laughs> well anyways lee we are on documentary december and we hit a high point last week with demon house that was really fun uh we did missing 411 which was a low point i think this one we're gonna hit
1: the middle you know i agree i i think that this one's just kind of eh but i got to watch another one of those amazing um videos by um, my, my favorite documentarian um, by far right now. Um,
0: do you know who was that? Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. So, guys, we watched a movie. It's Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. It's on Netflix, and it is by the esteemed Fordian documentarian, Mr.
1: Jeremy Corbell. First of all. One quick thing. It's on Netflix? Yeah, dude, it's on Netflix. God damn it, I rented it from Amazon. What were you thinking? I thought that it was that was the only way to get it. Damn it.
0: You you just put $4 into Jeremy Corbell's pocket.
1: Uh no, I put $4 I put like 10 cents into Jeremy Corbell's pocket and like $4 and or $3.90 into Jeff Bezos' pocket.
0: Yeah, oh, them some deep pockets, son.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah, dude, it's um, it was good. Uh, we love Jeremy Corbell joints. Like, at least they're fun, right?
1: Yeah, they they are so like, it's fun from a filmmaking standpoint. From like a a, a viewer standpoint, like just trying to figure out what the hell's going on, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so,
0: let's. Uh, Let's save a little bit of our criticism, because we do have to do some business, Lee. Business. Um, we Yes, we are doing a rough cut on this conversation. We're trying to get this out before the drop date. Um, we have to thank our friends over at Simple Equations Media, who do all of our editing. Uh, they're fantastic. They're a full-service audio-video production company. They can consult go through pre-production, they can shoot video, they can record music, they can do all kinds of stuff for you, Um, and then they can go through the post-production, edit it, put it together just the way you want it. Um, It's a really top-notch group of dudes, and we talked to them last week. Go back to our show last week, listen to Jay, listen to Mike, um, and they'll tell you all about it. It's really good.
1: One of my best things about uh, about them is... Is uh, my buddy Mike? Um, you know he's he's the one that does our producing for us. Uh, and <laughs> today he was uh, informing us about how it's getting a little tight and we're we're really uh, pushing that deadline, um, and he may have to uh, uh, unfortunately make this episode a little bit less polished than usual. I offered to try to help him out, and he's like, "Nah, we're good." I don't know if that means <laughs> that he doesn't trust me or what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're good. No, they're good guys. So check
0: them out: uh, simpleequations.com, dot uh, com, simpleequations on Facebook and Instagram, simpleequation underscore on Twitter. They're all over the place, so uh, you can find them, and or you can call them up at their offices in Vegas if you have a music video or a you know some kind of work video you have to help produce Uh, if you're trying to get into film tv whatever uh if you want to do a short film they can do everything they've done it all jay went over it all with us so again go back listen to it
1: i'm thinking of contracting them to do my headshots and my um and and you know my like intro video for um uh acting
0: didn't you try and do one of those at the mall <laughs> with the glamour shots?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Didn't turn out that well? Not not great. Not great.
2: Oh, that's uh, th- bad. The
1: worst part about it was when I got to the back room and I was sitting on that couch and they asked me to take my clothes off. Uh. And that's where I was like, something's not right <laughs> here. <laughs> well, that's, And that's why you didn't get the part. <laughs> Pretty
0: much, yeah. Because you, <laughs> you did it and they were like, oh, no, put them back on. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, guys, back to Bob Lazar. This this movie's great. We love Jeremy Corbell movies. Um, Jeremy Corbell, what do you think, Lee? Let's just talk about him a little bit before we start. Uh, a protege, a self-described protege of George Knapp and a documentarian. Uh, um, he's into, like, MMA, and he's got, you know, a cool haircut and a beard. He kind of looks like a hipster, but... I don't know. What, what do you think? He's like very, very modern man, UFO dude, with the documentaries and stuff. Tell tell us your thoughts.
1: So it's weird. Um, I love and also like am highly confused by Corbell. Corbell is definitely a true believer. He is George Knapp's, you know, um, little brother, um, and. I truly look at that, but but I also look at like his filmmaking style, and it's so interesting to me, as well as so confusing to me. Dan, I am very conflicted about Corbell. I love Corbell, and I also am rather confused. <laughs> Just watching the movies can be rough sometimes. Yes.
0: Well, yeah. Let's st- let's start off with the movie, and the first confusing part is the logo that Jeremy uses. Which he uses in a bunch of his movies. It's like the stars rotating behind him in this desert landscape, and he like walks up in front of the camera and turns around. And there's this voiceover about how he's going to weaponize your curiosity, and the whole thing is probably like what I don't know at least a minute long, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it and it's supposed to be a logo, (laughs) (laughs) and it promptly it's on before the movie even starts. And like, how do you have a minute-long logo, dude? And it promptly goes into, like, five minutes of texting. I know, and then the <laughs> movie starts, and it's just Jeremy Corbell texting with George Knapp and Bob Lazar for, like, five more minutes. Like, <laughs>
1: dude. In a dark room where all you can see is the phone. <laughs> like, and it's, like, <laughs> weird <laughs> angles on the phone. and like, <laughs> I know. it's
0: So what happens in the narrative listeners guys go watch this and then come back. Um, cause you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It is so crazy. Bob Lazar is raided by the FBI. His workplace is raided by the FBI and he starts texting Jeremy Corbell about it. Well, when you hear, Hey, uh, my work just got raided by the FBI. That sounds like something exciting. That's something we want to see. But we don't want to see you text about it. We want to see that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or even a, re- a remake, a reenactment or, um, yeah. I don't care, newspaper clippings. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, later on in the movie, there is video of it. Later mm-hmm. on, there is video. But it, it's just like, what was the point of that early part? Le, the texting I, uh, le, is it trying to set us up is it trying to get us excited about the movie drop a little hints about bob uh and the narrative that we're going to be seeing I, I just i just really don't get the point of that section of the film I, i'm it's sorry the very
1: first part neither do i um i think the only thing that it does is a little bit of foreshadowing and it's hard um because if you can't keep up with the texting, and I'm not saying that I couldn't, but I could see where mom- moments of it, I was just like, "Wait, what did that? What did that just say? What? What was that?" Because the angles are a little weird, right? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure he had to film it himself, right? Um, <laughs> I was talking. I did a conversation with Bobby Anthem from the Inhumans, uh, the Inhuman Experience podcast part of the fourth hand network about this movie we wanted to have those guys on but it didn't work out so we'll take that conversation i did with anthem and we'll put it on our patreon for you guys um anthem's voice is sublime so good um and he's got a lot of great points but he was he's actually visually impaired can you imagine (laughs) like the first five minutes of the movie is texting all he is getting is bloop Bloop. (laughs) Bloop. (laughs) So it's a visual
1: medium. Uh, Man, it's just, it was a little bit off. Isn't this about the time where, that was Mickey Rourke. Am I right? That was Mickey Rourke's voice? Yes. Isn't this about the time where Mickey Rourke starts doing these cryptic, like, voiceover
0: portions? Okay, so Mickey Rourke is the narrator of the movie. Um, and really though, he's not really narrow. He's not delivering that much information at all. He just makes it weird and like sets up a vibe. And after, after every paragraph that he does, after every line that he does, he takes the very last sentence and then he repeats it. But with the F word, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, uh, in his Mickey Rourke voice, like the last line would be like, and they think Bob is the liar. They call him a fucking liar. Right? Like <laughs> every, every time it's just the last sentence done over again with the F word, just, to tack it on there. I don't
1: know. Well, and so many of them were just like, like the very first one was just like a cryptic statement that like,
0: (laughs) was that a quote from Bob
1: Lazar or was that
0: like, dude, I don't know. I I really don't know, man. It's, uh, it's wild and crazy. So we've talked about a little bit of the style of the film. Let's get into the meat of the film, Lee. Okay. All right. The subject matter, Bob Lazar's story. Uh, It comes out in the 80s. He does an interview under an assumed name with George Knapp on Las Vegas TV. And more and more comes out as the years go by. Lee, you are more familiar with Bob Lazar's story, and you just watched this doc. Just recap for us, like, what's the Bob Lazar story?
1: Okay, so um, long story short, Bob Lazar was allegedly... Hired by um, the government to help back engineer uh, spacecraft. Now, like alien spacecraft. Hold on, Lee.
0: Hold on, Lee. Hold on, Lee. I got to cut you off there. You said back engineer a couple times. Reverse engineer. Sorry. Reverse engineer. Reverse engineer.
1: Yeah. My bad. There you go. You keep going. To help reverse engineer um, alien spacecraft. Now he looks at all this and apparently gets like a high level clearance within like days of just being recruited. Uh and they they have him work on all this stuff. At that time he sees um grav engines and all this stuff. Like and he eventually meets an alien um and it's just a ton of like it is confirming this story confirms like everything you would imagine was going on at area 51 right yeah, back in yeah. back in like the x files time frame um mm-hmm. pre independence day <laughs> pre independence day right yes exactly uh-huh. yeah and uh. and the, the problem is like it it's so hard cuz he's just like trust me Trust me, why would I lie? And to me, I mean, his. There are certain aspects that are kind of crazy. His um, his business was raided by the FBI. And as far oh, no, as. Well, well, well that's, that's, let's not try and get too deep
0: into oh. like what's confirmed, what's not confirmed, whether we believe him, whether we don't. Let's just talk about some of these details, Lee. Okay. So like, I want to talk about his story because it's fascinating to me. He is recruited by a private company
1: mm-hmm. that
0: does work for the government. Um, that That's confirmed. Um, when he goes to the secret site, there's like uh, a hand scanner that somehow measures your bones Like this weird biometric thing that has pins on your fingers and stuff.
1: Uh, Did you hear about the hand scanner? I did, and I was rather confused about... uh, The reason I'm giving you a puzzled look is I felt like it was less accurate than just like a palm reader, like the... Or like a fingerprint scan, yeah. Yeah, that read your entire fingerprint and maybe palm print, right? Like.
0: I know, I know. I was wondering about that, like, where is the, like, unique biometrics? But, I mean, maybe it, if you put your hand on there and measure each finger and the ratios of all their lengths and everything like that, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's a thing. Um, unless you lose a finger in a work accident. Oh. <laughs> um But evidently, the hand scanner was a real thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. come out since then that the hand scanner was a real thing. Um, He said he worked at part of Area 51 called Site 4. Um, and that they were loaded up onto buses. And that he was, like you said, recruited for this job. And got almost instantaneous clearance. Like, it's so crazy. You would think if you're going to get the tippy-top above top secret level clearance... There would be a lot of background investigation on you, like a shit ton, and it would take months, probably even years to get you to that level.
1: Yeah, that you would think that, and uh, specifically, he didn't just get tippy-top, he got Majestic level clearance. Majestic, ooh la la. Now, I think that that's a nod to uh, the Majestic 12, but
0: moving on. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. Um I think <laughs> I think it's a little bit crazy because I've known people who have gone to work in government, in the armed forces, that sort of thing. And even for very basic jobs, if they have any kind of security clearance, you can get a phone call. Mhm. And it and sometimes you don't just get a phone call. Sometimes you have to do an in-person interview. Mm-hmm. My w- my wife had to sit down <laughs> with an FBI agent and give an interview because she was a reference for a guy who went off to join the air force or something like that. Oh wow,
1: that's crazy. One of her
0: one of her old coworkers. Yeah, uh, I mean it's that hardcore. Mm-hmm. So. I can't. I just can't believe that they would give Bob all this. And eventually, like you were saying, Lee, it comes out. He sees paperwork on alien autopsies. He's in the spacecraft working on them day to day. That's his job. Mm-hmm. Right. With these super rare elements, crazy high tech. And then he even sees live aliens in the hallways of Area 51. Like, they're just walking around, these aliens, I guess. I don't know. Um, hey and Bob, he how's it going?
1: How was your weekend? Yeah. <laughs> right. Bob like, like well, I went out with
0: Glip Glorp. He's like, hey, did you figure out that reactor yet? Because, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we could come and tell you how it works. <laughs> like, if they got live aliens, why would they need Bob to be in there figuring it out? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll share this base with you, we'll hang out with you. Yeah, yeah, you know what? We'll give you some intel, but we're not gonna tell you how any of it works. That's right, yeah, on you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so
0: dumb, right? They're just like, "Hey, man, I'll just tell you about how cool the Galactic Federation is, but you can't join."
1: Right. I, I'm imagining. I'm imagining that's like us going back in time and giving a nuclear react. Like they mentioned this in the movie, like. <laughs> That, that's like us going back in time. Giving a nuclear reactor to um, freaking Leonardo da Vinci, yeah, he's probably intellectually capable of understanding it, but if you don't give him any more information, he is dangerous with it. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's and, just like what
0: we are. <laughs> like, Right. And Bob's story, most of his story centers around A very rare, heavy element,
1: Element 115. Yes. By the way, I have to ask one question. Did I say DiCaprio or Da Vinci? I think you said Da Vinci. I hope I said Da Vinci. (laughs)
0: Listeners, go back. I hope you said DiCaprio. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Um, But anyways, so Element 115 had not been synthesized at the time Bob Lazar's story came out. This was uh, in the 80s when the story broke. In like 2003, in a lab in Moscow, Russia, they finally created this stuff. Mm -hmm. And you create these heavy elements by shooting atoms in a particle accelerator at heavier atoms. And eventually they'll run into each other and stick. Um, And they don't last very long. Uh, Element 115 was named Moscovium because it was discovered in Moscow, it has a half-life of 0.65 seconds, and then it decays. So, that's it. Like, it's very unstable. And when it decays, Lee, of course, it releases radiation. So, it's highly radioactive. It's highly unstable. We have, like, four different isotopes of it that we've made. We can't make it stick. Um, A lot of people... They had theorized that these elements exist, and there are theories now that the periodic table could go up to like 150. But again, this is all all theoretical. Um, this is some advanced stuff. Like making a block of element 115 right now is beyond us. But evidently, the aliens got it. Like it's the stuff. Okay. All right. And so, so Lee, I, I just one more thing on 115. Right, one more thing, and then I'm done with this science talk. I'm geeking out about 115. Um, you know how um, when you put, like, the two north ends of a magnet together, they repel? Yes. Well, the nucleus of an atom is the same way because it's filled with protons and they're all positively charged. Mm-hmm. So, electromagnetically, they want to repel each other. But in a stable nucleus, that force, that electromagnetic repulsion, is overcome by the strong nuclear force that holds the atom together. These heavy elements that we've synthesized so far, they're so big that that strong nuclear force isn't enough to hold it together. And that's why they decay so quickly. Okay. Fall apart. Wow, Science. Yeah. Science. <laughs> Sorry. And, and here's the thing about Bob's story. I just, he knows enough of this science to make it, to make himself believable. His story is very sci-fi, very hard sci-fi. Not fantasy, not anything. Like, he is really into the science of it. He's, he was a wonder kid. He was building jet engines as a kid. He was way into jet cars. He has a lot of technical knowledge, but I don't know. It's kind of in this weird space in between like the real science and just being a science fan.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. At what point where where's the cutoff, you know, like where he doesn't make a whole lot of sense in many aspects. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's just there's he's, just a lot to it.
1: He's very good at talking. Like he's very good at talking and explaining something and going into depth. Um, I remember hearing one of his interviews. He's explaining how this anti-grav engi- gravity engine works, and he lost me. He got so far into like this description, talking about things spinning and counter spinning and all this stuff. That my brain just went, okay. (laughs) All right.
0: Whatever, Bob. All right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what, Ali? I have some theories on that, and I'd like to share them, but I think we are coming up on a break. I think you're right. We'll be back after a minute. We hear from some of our friends at 4th Hand.
1: So we've been discussing Bob Lazar. We've been discussing the confusing aspects and then the somewhat believable moments. Dan was just about to go in and explain. Um, he, had some, he had some things that he wanted to bring up, some theories on, on why Bob Lazar yeah, yeah. seemed to be able to speak about it. So Bob
0: has a really strange history with the limelight. And his, the history of his interviews is very up and down. Um, The first one he does under an assumed name with George Knapp, right, on TV. Uh, He tried to hide his identity for a little bit, but it was all going to come out. Um, And then sometimes he would clam up and he wouldn't want to talk to anybody. And then other times he can come out of his shell. And what I think is because Jeremy is a true believer and he's... Uh, you know, been kind of groomed by George in these investigative techniques under this 40 and stuff that he can actually draw Bob out. And that's why Bob is so good in the movie. Um, And he's really good in a lot of the interviews that he's done alongside Jeremy. But other times, like you were saying, Lee, if he's by himself, he can get off into a completely different weird space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just like, all right, like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that Jeremy is handling Bob, but it kind of seems like he might be a little bit.
1: I I think that 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 does to a certain extent speak towards Jeremy Corbell's ability as of, as an in, um, interviewer. I don't think that he's necessarily. Uh, guiding the narrative as he does these interviews but he is able to keep the person on track pretty well um i mean unless they're standing um in the dark uh with weird figures behind them as they discuss um i I don't remember what we were talking about at that movie but anyway (laughs) moving on
0: Oh, the Skinwalker. Yeah, yep, that one the was skinwalker. a Skinwalker was a crazy one. Random yeah.
1: hillbilly girl at the ba- at the last portion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did so so yeah, I don't know. I I love Bob's story. I think it's really cool. But even though there's parts that have been confirmed and there's a lot of new science out about some of the things that he's talked about about gravitational waves and stuff like that. The science, the theoretical science behind what Bob talks about was already out there before his story. Like, people knew there could be these heavy elements. People knew that gravity was going to be a particle or a wave or some other kind of force, and these theories were already all out there. He just kind of, you know, picked and chose and uh, put it into his story. So, anyone who tells you that Bob just. Dis- Bob Lazar discovered anything is giving you a little bit of a stretch of the truth there. Um so cuz there's no that. proof he discovered I, anything. I agree with that. Right.
1: The thing that really gets me is the the moments that you're like why why would they do that? Uh, like for example the um, the fact that he supposedly never worked for s4 um but they were able to prove or not or was
0: los alamos los alamos yeah, yeah. They, he said he worked for los alamos um but he was in like the newsletter for the jet cars and stuff that he built yeah you know so like why would he be in the los alamos newsletter if, if he, he doesn't work there yeah but the, yeah and <laughs> they claimed
1: that he didn't work there but then he, he like there was proof that he worked there so, so those kind of moments you're just like wow. Um, what yeah. is well going the on?
0: weirdest one is his college transcripts right yeah
1: the, the transcripts from MIT that just disappeared right yeah he says he
0: went to MIT and Caltech the universities have no record that he ever attended mm-hmm. so it's like well did he or didn't he. And he has friends who said, well, yeah, you know, we took Bob to campus. Like, we dropped him off for class. Like, of course he went there. Mm -hmm. But there's no record that it ever happened. And this is, like, the first time I heard the Bob Lazar story, this was the big gotcha. Like, he lied about where he went to school.
1: You -hmm. know, if
0: he's lying about that, then he could be lying about anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's the big gotcha anymore, but... It seems, it seems to me a weird thing to lie about, but at the same time, Lee, you and I know people who are pathological liars. Yeah. And once the lie is out there, it has to be maintained mm-hmm. no matter what, um, if you're pathological, if you're out there. And for someone as smart as Bob, right, it doesn't seem impossible that the lie couldn't be maintained. Um, And, you know, he's smart. He's into jet engines. People probably told him he was smart all the time as a kid. Right. And so it's like, hey, you should go to college. You should do this. And maybe if he didn't, you know, make it, maybe he lied about it. And maybe he's just smart enough to lie about all this weird sci-fi stuff, too.
1: Yeah. uh, The one question, like, I mean, it's brought up in in one of his interviews, like, if he worked for Los Alamos, which there is evidence that he worked for Los Alamos, he had some sort of education. Like they wouldn't hire him with no education. So was well, it Well, it depends on what job
0: they hired him to do, right? That they got janitors at Los Alamos,
1: right? That that's true, but how many janitors are making a rocket bike? <laughs>
0: I don't know janitors who are into rocket bikes. I don't know. You know, it is it is weird. Like, like we've been saying, Bob is really really smart. Um, uh, can we pr- can he prove any of this story though? That's the problem. Like, he's really smart, but where's the proof? Yeah, right. If he's got, you know, allegedly, the FBI raid happens at his work. Because he may or may not still have Element 115 in his possession. Mm. Stable, solid Element 115. Well, okay. The FBI raids his place. Did they get it? Is there proof one way or the other? Like, that would be the easiest way to prove the story. If he has it, just be like, block, there it is. Boom. Now, everyone believes you.
1: Well... In my opinion, uh, if he had it, he would have produced it. Well. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I think you're onto it, Lee. I think you're onto it. Uh,
1: if he had it, he would have likely produced it. However, um, if he. There's also the chance that if he had it, he would have just been epstein a while ago and there would be no issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh,
0: um, I I mean, the government erased his college transcripts, right? I mean, why knows? wouldn't they
1: just... Wh- why why wouldn't they, they
0: just rub him out, too? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just erase him at that point. Like, honestly, erasing his cho- college transcripts is a little bit more work than I feel the government's willing to do. Like, the government could just stage a car accident that would get him to shut up forever, Right.
0: Right. Um, so, but then there's, then there's conspiracy theorists who would say that would confirm the story, right? If he was rubbed out, they'd be like, aha, that he must've been onto something. That's why they wanted him dead. See, you can't win either way with the conspiracy theorists, right? Either, either he lives and tells a story that he can't prove or he dies and becomes a martyr to the, to the conspiracy theory.
1: Yeah. And you've seen that from time to time. Um, People committing suicide um, and, and being considered, oh, well, that must have been done by the government. Maybe you have been lying so much that your conscience finally got the best of you. And considering the pathological liars typically aren't necessarily the most uh, stable individuals in the first place, mm-hmm. adding the adding the guilt that finally catches up with you about lying to millions of people, or um, that you may not be able to maintain your lie much longer, maybe it's worth just killing yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, we've talked a lot about pathological liars, and I'm... You know, one thing Jeremy says is why would he lie to his family about it? Why would he lie to his mom? I was like, well, if you're pathological, that's how you lie. You just lie to everybody. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But Bob... Like, when you see him on TV, pretty personable guy. Like, he doesn't strike you as a pathological liar. He looks like a, you know, a nerd, right? And, uh, you know, he's just into science
1: stuff. He's you has seen that school picture of uh, of George? <laughs> not of George, but of... Why can't I think of his name? Microsoft. Bill Gates? Of Bill Gates? yeah.
0: He's got the same glasses, at least. Dude, yeah, it's the glasses. They did not do a lot for him. <laughs> uh, in fact, the glasses are part of the poster. They become iconic. <laughs> They're just like, that's the, that's the nerd. They're like a symbol for this movie of Bob mm. Lazar. Um, so I don't know. I, he doesn't strike me as pathological. Um, he looks like a normal dude. Maybe he's just really into this stuff. Um, and wants to get it out there. Maybe he's a true believer. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it all happened. Maybe it all happened, and he is being discredited as part of some kind of government disinformation thing. Who knows? Maybe maybe he's lying completely and has been recruited by the government to spread disinformation. Ooh. See, that's a new one for conspiracy theorists out there.
1: What if literally all of his stuff... Was built because they knew he would tell the story. So, here we go. <laughs> like, just like they set up a prop hangar with mm-hmm. a fake station mm-hmm. just to oh, throw conspiracy yeah. theorists off the track. They literally just took this one guy and was like, "Let's see how far we can take this shit." And they took it to the bank. <laughs> just, and they they drugged him up a little bit,
0: MK Ultra style.
1: Yeah, right? a little bit of LSD, right? <laughs> Kid in a costume, like, <laughs>
0: right? Like, like that's why that's why it's just a plain old flying saucer, and like very simple shapes. Mm-hmm. Like the the reactor is like a dome, a metal dome, uh, that goes over like a little tetrahedron, little pyramid of this element one fifteen, and then all it takes is like three or four tubes out the bottom. To direct the gravity to mm-hmm. move the craft, um, that would that would explain why everything's so simple. Like you would think, a reactor made from a super heavy element to control gravity would have some more moving parts than just a little pyramid-shaped hunk of metal under a half dome
1: of metal. It's right? because they were feeding this guy bullshit, man. <laughs> Three and then, prop and then guys the, were like enlisted to create this thing, right? Jamie Heineman was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> <Like. laughs> then there's like three, like three little chairs,
0: right. right? They made them little size to surround the reactor, and there's a crystal in the top, and it's like, oh yeah, the aliens communicate with the reactor and control the craft with the telepathic crystal, exactly. Right? exactly um again doesn't it that's why they didn't have to make a steering wheel right you know like it's just weird man it's a weird story like these are the kind of weird little details about it that I'm like okay so the aliens just sit there and run it with their brains but they can't tell us how it works
1: they need you to go do it well, then that, that implies that they don't know how it works either, right? Like, Oh, maybe. That'd be actually more interesting, I think. Like, maybe. Um, okay. So, so, like, if you asked me how to make an LCD TV work, I wouldn't be able to tell you, right? I'd be able to tell yeah. you how it runs, but not how to make it, right?
0: Yeah. Good point. So, Good point. Maybe they discovered this ancient technology. Now, Bob says alien visitation on Earth goes back... Into prehistory. He says they have archaeological UFOs at Site 4 that have been dug up. Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember that part. Yeah, man. Evidently, the aliens have been
1: coming here a long time. Well, I mean, you do have aliens. Aliens? (sighs) Yeah. Let me
0: get my hair going here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Spike that up. Ancient it, yeah, aliens. I,
0: oh yeah.
1: I feel well, like I feel like the ancient alien theory was just like I know that it was started a long time ago and it's basically, you know, racism. But it really just feels like like Stargate. Like they just Well, Stargate's based off of the
0: ancient alien stuff. Well that yeah, I mean that's the only thing that makes sense yeah. on that. That's that's art imitating I don't know science art imitating fiction imitating bullshit. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. It's a good show though. And doing a and doing a much better job of it, by the way. Stargate much better.
1: Oh yeah. I um, would if somebody came out and told me that that existed today, I would be much more likely to believe it. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we got to take one more break, Lee. We'll come back and we'll tell everyone whether or not we believe Bob Lazar.
1: Hey, you guys.
0: A Very Brady Podcast. Join host Tack Van Sickle and his guest each week as they hilariously dissect the iconic TV show The Brady Bunch, one episode at a time.
2: He was so creepy, though.
0: I think i was like he's like i guarantee you if they get it really done the show the way they want to do it like he was gonna have a cup to the door listening in that night <laughs> in that room. a look back at a simpler time where everything was groovy so her kids almost wrecked so now, their marriage her employee shames her and she like thanks both of them it's awesome so grab your potato sack and
1: head out to the backyard for some fun She's in her own room. Like, did, what did we like, tell what? her about
2: sleeping?
1: <laughs> like, they went and got the entire family for Dad to pick her up and put her in her bed two feet away from the desk. And
2: obviously, before they did that, they also said, family... Go get your bathrobes. Everyone needs to be in a bathrobe.
0: A very Brady podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere
1: podcasts are available. They have some compromising pictures of Alice that they could have used uh, to blackmail her and keep her there. Um, I've seen those pictures, and Alice is hotter than you think. I'm going to just put that out there and just say it. Uh, that blue dress doesn't do justice. No, it does. For, for me, that blue dress does everything. Far out. Poor You're man, a bad man, Tack. You're a bad human. There's a lot of weird in this show.
0: And we're back. Lee, we've been talking Bob Lazar. We've talked a lot of details about his story. Um, one thing that I left out, the raid on his workplace, Lee, not related to anything that he did. It was actually... A search warrant on a murder investigation that Bob is not a suspect in at all. Um, there, he runs a scientific supply company. It was out of Michigan at the time of filming, and they think someone might have bought some of some materials from his company and used them to poison
1: someone. Wow! Now, yeah. Now he's now he claims that. And I remember this. He says, why would they raid the property if that was the situation and and they just needed to do that research? Um, But I also wonder, this is a murder investigation. Wouldn't they just come out and search for it themselves? Yeah, that's kind of a big deal.
0: Murder investigation. um, And it, you know, crosses state lines. So you got to get the FBI involved um especially if they're you know doing wire transfers
1: and shipping this stuff uh in the mail or whatever you know there you go boom done fbi's in it they got reason Uh, they've got at least reason to believe that there might be somebody at the location involved maybe right (laughs) that there's there's even a chance (laughs) right okay let's research (laughs) like And,
0: yeah, it looks uh, all crazy because you got guys going in there with, like, hazmat suits and stuff. But Bob's got, like, uranium in there and stuff. (laughs) Like, people got to go in there and be very careful what they touch.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite moment was when Bob was, like, showing you the – or showing the pictures of, like, the old-timey uranium um, or, like – what was it? Nuclear – yeah. Like, yeah, the old science kits they used to sell for kids, yeah. Yeah. There were like nuclear science kits, right? Uh huh. And and he's like, these were labeled as the most dangerous toy ever made, but I really don't think they were all that dangerous. And like Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs>
0: it comes with little pieces of uranium and a little Geiger counter so you can tell how radioactive
1: it is. Yeah, not that bad as long as you don't swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just remember the um young man, the boy scout that built the yeah. Rea- the breeder yeah. whatever, breeder reactor in his shed and Yeah,
0: don't give kids any of that stuff, man. You just it's not a good idea. Uh either they're going to be dumb and try and eat it or they're going to be smart and do something that can get themselves blown up.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. So or be too smart, is, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, Lee, you know, we've talked about Bob's story, what it, what it entails, um, what parts have been confirmed or debunked. I, I guess really all that's left is whether or not you believe him. Right. right? So what do you think? What do you think about this film? Has it influenced whether or not you believe Bob Lazar?
1: A little bit. And what I mean by that, just so I can specify. Um, I believe Bob Lazar believes. After watching this film, I believe that he is 100% in belief of the story. Now, I honestly... I feel like something happened Like I do feel like the government Is hiding the fact that he Worked at Los Alamos Um or Los Alamos is hiding The fact that he worked there Um uh huh And I also feel that If he did work For Los Alamos He would have some sort Of Education give or take I doubt They would hire somebody like he said just Out of high school um I wonder if it's as grandiose as it seems. Like did he just like take some classes at um, Caltech or, or MIT? but really he got a degree in uh, uh, let's say engineering from uh, Michigan's uh, Michigan third like whatever, North Idaho College. <laughs> eastern michigan central technical
0: university exactly exactly
1: (laughs) and and is that i mean he'd still have the education so he gets the job at los alamos and he does a few cool things there maybe he maybe he does get into a program where he's um working for the government at s s4 my thing is there's enough meat on the bone for me to believe that he he was at those places what happened from there i don't know if i believe or disbelieve my my thought is if something happened probably was not as grandiose as he seems Mm -hmm. to think it is uh there may be some um how you say uh
0: delusion there uh okay so you think you think maybe his delusion it's either like mk ultra government induced delusion
1: yes um, to like
0: or it or it's just all in his head like he's actually coming up with it
1: yeah and but i do um, think that he believes it like i i think that he absolutely believes it and i think that he's smart like he's definitely he's he's so smart um But it, like, like you said, it's either induced intentionally by the government or just completely out of his own head. But so many of these things are a little too crazy, like, just yeah. And this is coming from a guy that believes that aliens can visit us and believes that we are being visited by aliens, but and interdimensional Bigfoot and interdimensional Bigfoot. But his descriptions of how things work just seems more like magic than than reality.
0: Yeah, um, this is this is where I'm at. You know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Right. Um, But I want to believe Bob because he is smart um, and because I'm into sci fi and I just I just think it's a great story and it's worth telling Uh, whether it's true or not. Um, I do think it might be a little bit disingenuous to try and pass it off as true, but he believes it. He clearly does. Uh, I think after our experiences, this documentary, December talking with real documentarians, I lean a little bit more towards, okay, maybe not all of this is happening just in Bob's head. Like there's got to be something here, um, and he's got he's got some connections. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I wonder. I wonder if he is being set up to be discredited. If that is a real thing, because it just seems like it. It's either that, or he's setting himself up to be discredited, which doesn't seem like something a smart person would do.
1: No, and, so, and that, I'm kind of with you on that. It's almost as if, like, if they take this one person that can build this credibility and then tear them down, or not even just tear them down, but just use them to discredit a whole genre of theories, basically. Yeah, so I
0: I think there's there's something there to it. There's something below the surface for sure. And I don't think it's all Bob. My question is, is it people pushing Bob to be out there? You know, the Corbell types who are setting him up for this. Is it, is it himself, uh, you know, like he just can't go back on it now? Or is it something more nefarious, you know? Um, it's, it's something like this, and I just can't put my finger on it. But you know what? Uh, if he's doing an interview or whatever, I'll listen because it's fun. It's a good time. Mm-hmm.
1: You know so who it is.
0: That's it. Who's that? It's his wife. Oh, <laughs> she's <laughs> she's been secretly behind it the whole time.
1: Oh no. She while he's sleeping, she's just like, You worked it as far. Oh, and she's she's the one who
0: works for the government and she's like dosing him with LSD <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> to get him into oh that would be that would be a real twist that'd be a great little twist i know it's a movie save that one send it into m night Shyamalan
1: (laughs) 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 write it down send it to him no i'm not sending it i'm sending it to feige or uh what is his name why can't i think of it right now because probably because i've had a couple beers um who's the dude that's been producing all the marvel movies and the uh Mandalorian, uh, the John Favreau Favro, I'm sending Favreau. it to Favro.
0: Favro, yeah, he's good. He's doing it good. So, anyways, it's a good story, but we're just gonna
1: have to keep our eyes peeled. Please. Are we gonna keep our eyes peeled out there for more from Beyond Terrestrial? You know it. <laughs>
2: dude. Thank you for listening to Beyond Terrestrial. All three of y'all. If you're still a fan of this show, follow Beyond Terrestrial on social media and join the Beyonders Facebook group for even more strangeness. Links to everything, including previous episodes, are available at BeyondTerrestrial.com. That's the place to go for stickers, merch, show swag, and our Patreon patrons get exclusive access to ad-free shows, giveaways, and the unedited after-show show. show. Anything you give to the show goes straight to Funkmaster B's Bachelor Pad, which for now is also where these giant turkeys record this show. This show was edited by Simple Equations Media with music by Mike Rupp. Dan and Lee will be back next Tuesday with more from Beyond Terrestrial.